Everything Jesus prophesied in the Gospel of the Sunday really happened. It shouldn't surprise us. Jesus is God. He looks up at the temple and he says, there will come the day when not a stone will be left upon another stone. And indeed, the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. But Jesus said there will be many signs that will be seen before the destruction of the temple. For instance, there will be wars, rumors of war. And, and indeed, when Nero died in 68 AD, Rome basically broke out in a civil war as people were trying to seize power. There will be famines. There was a famine in Jerusalem. St. Paul wrote about it in his letter to the Corinthians. He's taking up a collection for the poor in Jerusalem. There will be earthquakes. The city of Colossae was destroyed by an earthquake. There will be signs in the sky. There was a comet that was seen in the sky before the destruction of the temple. And there will be persecution of Christians. Well, the Sanhedrin was persecuting Christians in Jerusalem. And then in 64 AD, when Rome burned, there was a persecution of the Christians in Rome. They were blamed for the fire. In fact, our first pope, St. Peter, was captured and crucified upside down in Nero's circus. So all that Jesus said happened. Now, in 70 AD, the general Titus and the Roman leader legions come into Jerusalem, and Titus told his legions that he wanted to pillage the temple of all the gold and jewels before they destroyed it. But they disobeyed him. They set the temple on fire, and all the gold burned down and melted between the stones. Well, Titus then ordered the legions to dig out all the gold from the stones. It took three years, and at the end, there was not a stone left upon another stone, exactly as Jesus had prophesied. Why did God allow the temple to be destroyed? The temple was the center of worship for the Jews. It was where they offered sacrifice. So think about the Passover. The Jews each had, each Jewish family had to offer a sacrificial lamb in the temple. Why did God allow the temple to be destroyed? Because Jesus is the lamb. Jesus is the lamb of God who offered the one perfect sacrifice for the salvation of the world. So now there's no need for further sacrifice. Jesus has offered the perfect sacrifice to save the whole world from sin. Now, this is the key. Worship in the temple has now been replaced by worship at the Mass. See, the one saving sacrifice of Jesus is represented, made present anew at every Mass. Mel Gibson caught this beautifully in the movie, The Passion of the Christ. So in The Passion of the Christ, they're showing Jesus being crucified, and they flash back to the Last Supper, and they show the body of Christ being lifted up. And then they go back to the crucifixion and again flash back to the Last Supper and show the blood of Christ being lifted up. During the Eucharistic prayer, when the priest is lifting up the body and blood of Christ, this is the one saving sacrifice of Jesus being represented to us, being made present anew. That's why the Catechism of the Catholic Church says the sacrifice of Jesus on Calvary and the sacrifice of the Mass are one and the same event. This is how God allows us to touch Calvary here today in 2022. The Mass, in a sense, transcends the bounds of time. Jesus died once and for all, and yet his one saving sacrifice 
is represented and made present anew at every Mass, and we get to participate in Jesus' total self-offering to the Father. Well, a second reason God allowed the temple to be destroyed was God's ultimate plan was never just to dwell in the walls of a building. God wants to dwell in his people. That's why St. Paul says, you are God's building. We are living stones of the temple of God. Remember when God created Adam, he breathed his spirit, his life breath into Adam's nostrils. And so Adam and Eve were alive with God's spirit. God's dwelling was within them. And then we know that they fell. They turned from grace. They chose to turn away from God and they lost the gift of God's spirit. Now the Jews thought, well, maybe God wants to dwell in a building. So they built the temple and indeed God's spirit came down in the Holy of Holies in the temple and God dwelt among his people in the temple. But in the fullness of time in God's ultimate plan of salvation, he wanted to again dwell in his people. And that comes about now through the outpouring of the spirit in our baptism. In our baptism, St. Paul reminds us, we become temples of the Holy Spirit. And then remember, when we receive our Lord here in the Mass, when we receive Holy Communion, we become living tabernacles of the Most High God, temples of God here by our participation in the Mass. God is with us. I want us to ponder this this week because so often I think people think, well, God is somewhere way out there. We celebrate that God is so close to us. He wants to dwell in our souls and he can speak to our hearts. Think of the conversion of St. Augustine. He said, Lord, I was outside and it was there that I was looking for you, looking for happiness out in the world. And all the while you were within And you called, you shouted, you broke through my deafness. God was speaking to Augustine in his soul, in his heart. God speaks to us. We have an interior life, and so we have to enter into the silence of prayer to hear that interior voice of God. And then throughout our day, we try to allow ourselves to be instruments of the Holy Spirit, to allow the Holy Spirit within our soul to direct our lives. And Jesus tells us in this gospel, don't even worry about what you are to say. The Holy Spirit will give you the words so we can rely totally on the gift of the Holy Spirit within us. Let me just close with this. If we ponder this truth that we are living stones, we are living temples of God, What is the implication of how we are to treat one another? Mother Teresa would say that Jesus in me is serving the Jesus in you. Do we reverence the presence of Christ in our brothers and sisters? And we remember, if I shun one of my brothers or sisters, I'm shunning Christ. And so as we go forth from here today, we remember God's closeness. God's dwelling place is in our soul. And let's reverence the presence of Christ in one another.